Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Who's ready to uh, Who's ready to obey the Lord this morning? <laughs> That's what we get the opportunity to do every time we hear His Word taught or preached. It's just it should be this attitude in our heart. So, okay, God, here we go. I'm going to do what you say. And this morning, uh, Stefan Cote is going to be bringing a word today. So come on up, Stefan. Let's welcome Stefan. I may have to be your... No, you got one. Okay. <laughs> oh. Come on. Let's just do that. We, don't, we didn't do this last time. Stretch your hand towards Stefan. God bless him. Give him words today just to touch our hearts. We just thank you that your way is the best way. And we thank you for what we're going to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Don't you just love Jesus? Uh, Thank you, all five of you. Did I just say that out loud? I actually did. I'm sorry about that. Actually, I'm not not sorry at all. Um, So parents, this is the funny verse I'm reading this morning. Every single parent wants me to preach this. Every single parent. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Not only do you want me to preach this, you actually want me to preach it. And this is the type of message that you you go to your kids like this. But here's the thing. Let's read all four verses because Paul is talking to three generations here. He's not talking to one. He's talking to three generations. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 Two, three, four, and praise God, we're just doing four this morning. And here's what it says. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Okay, first off, (laughs) how many of you heard this one? Okay, sometimes it sounded different, you know? Sometimes it's like, the Bible says you got to obey the Lord. You got to obey your parents, right? So you go do what I tell you to do. Sometimes it was like, I told you to go obey me. I'm I'm sure none of you have done that or ever felt that, but you know, it might have happened. It says, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord and this is the right thing to do. And then he goes to the second generation and he says this, Honor your father and mother. And you're like, isn't that the same? No, it's not. And we'll talk about it in a few minutes, okay? So honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise. If you honor your father and your mother, you, uh, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. We all know this because if you disobey, they'll just kill you. You know, that's, that's what this verse doesn't mean. Okay, that's what it doesn't mean. And lastly, it says this. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. This is the part parents don't want me to preach about. This is the part the kids want me to talk about. But it's fun because we got all three generations here. You're like, three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go there. So do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes with the Lord, from the Lord. So um, I was... As I was preparing for this one, I'm like, I got to call my mom. I got so many times I disobeyed (laughs) that I need to ask forgiveness. 
because I want to have a long life on earth. And I was like, okay. Uh, and I'm like, okay, mom. Um, I say my mom, my, my parents got divorced when I was really young, okay? And it was, a, it was just a, an awful moment, young. And I remember the, the fighting and the arguing and the tables being flipped and everything else. I remember that day very vividly, the day my dad left us. My mom remarried. The man was a great man of God, just a humble man, didn't speak much. My stepfather raised me to become the man that I am today. But so many times, my mom was like, okay, you get, obey Stefan, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my dad wouldn't say much. You just come up to me, he's like, you obey your mom, right? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and so as a kid, we, we used to, this was back in the days where it was the big TVs with the big thing, and you had this little table, and you could watch TV while you're eating. I know it still exists. And maybe not in your house, but it did in my time. My mom, just to make ends meet, and my dad, just to make ends meet, we had this um, convenience store just attached to the house. And so they had to get up all the time because somebody came in the store, and this is how it was. And so sometimes my mom would just put something in the, in the oven and just get it ready and put it in the little table and just stay there, eat it up, you know, and just watch TV. I mean, most kids will be like, yeah, this is heaven, man. I'm like, what? I can eat and watch TV? Yeah, yeah, you could. It was not only the thing to do, it was prescribed by my parents. So that was a great way to obey. But the thing is, my mom was not a very good cook. Sorry, mom. I'm, I'm, you, but she, she was just an okay cook. I mean, it's just her desserts, though. Oh, gosh. Oh, come on. I mean, those desserts, that apple crisp, everybody in that life group. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So one day, my mom eats a little pizza in the oven and brings me the pizza and I'm watching TV. And, you know, I've got my little table and she brings me the pizza and I look at the pizza and I'm like, oh. I've, okay, kids, has your mom or dad ever brought you a meal and you know, I don't really want to eat this? So you got to understand that this is how I felt on that day. Now you're like, what? Pizza? You don't want to eat pizza? No, no, no. The, the issue wasn't the pizza. It was what was on the pizza. It was what we call an all-dressed pizza. So it was green peppers on it, mushroom. You know, those big ones. And so I sat there and my dad comes up to me and he says, you're going to eat your pizza? Yeah, yeah. And my mom would tell me, Stefan, you obey and you eat your pizza and just, just stay calm. I'm like, got it. So I started eating the pizza and I'm like, the mushroom. I'm like, it is just, can I say it's gross? I thought it was. How many kids... Kids of all ages think that mushrooms are like, oh, <laughs> God created all things. I'm not that sure. Okay, that's, that's one of those things. But I love, I love mushrooms now, but back then I didn't. And I discovered how science works with my pizza. I discovered when I pulled up the table a little bit and I took the mushroom off the pizza, if I put the mushroom right on the side of the table... And I flicked it. <laughs> Mushrooms fly. It's incredible. 
Okay, sorry, parents. So I would do this. I would flick the mushrooms, and, and I would be intelligent enough to flick them behind the TV. Oh, come on, Mom. I'm, my mom knows about this, so it's okay. So I'd flick the mushroom behind the TV, and then my mom would come later, and it's like, so how was your pizza? It was great. Thank you so much, Mom. Pretending I obeyed. So I did this for a few weeks. And then I got really good. I could flick it in different directions. It flew. I was great. It was just, I actually got a, a degree in this. I got it the week after when my mom brings me my meal and it's a plate of mushroom. Not just any mushroom. The mushroom that know how to fly. Yeah, mushroom she had been gathering for the last uh, three or four weeks. Put it in the fridge. Put it on my plate. And she tells me, so I now know that you love mushroom, right? Yes. Yes. And you know, for all you Enneagrams fan, I'm an eight, so I'm always right. Even when I'm wrong, I'm always right. Okay. And my mom says, so you like mushroom? Of course I do, mom. So did you, did you eat all your pizzas in the last days? Did you eat your mushroom and green peppers? Of course I did. So you won't mind your dinner tonight, right? I'm like, well, of course not. So I was just hoping that she would be leaving and then I'd find a way to deal with the mushroom. But she just did this. And she waited. I was like, okay, mom, you, you can go back to work, hoping a client would come in the convenience store and she'd have to leave. But she locked the door for a few minutes until I started eating the mushroom. So I grabbed the first bite and I'm like, oh. Grab the second bite, and, and my dad's looking. My dad, man of every few words, was laughing his head off in the back. He was like, and my mom was looking at me. I was like starting to have this tear just come, you know. And I discovered on that day, obeying comes to a cost. If you disobey, it comes with a cost. And I told my mom on that day, I'm sorry, I, I flicked the mushrooms. And my dad is, doesn't talk much. How do you do that? I'm like, well, let me show you that. My mom's like, no, you don't do that. It's done. <laughs> I learned that day that obedience is something more than just when your parents see it, when your parents see you. So kids, four letters I want you to understand this morning about obeying. And parents, don't worry, I got something for you also, because this first part is about obeying your parents. And there's three generations, right? So kids, if you're taking some notes, and if you want your kids to be in here, go get them in the back. I'll give you a minute, okay? I don't, don't have an issue at all, because I want them to know the four little letters of this one, okay? So the first one is very easy. I'll just go the, the, sim, the very simple way, is the O. Oh, open your ears when your parents talk to you. It's the O, open your ears. And here's the thing. Paul, when he talks about children here, he's not talking about age. Okay, let me repeat this one. He's not talking about, oh, if you're a young children, you got to obey your parents. That's not what he's talking about. The term he's talking about is, oh, you're somebody's kid. 
Oops. We'll talk about how do we deal with that still obeying my parents when I'm over 40, over 50. Yeah, there's a way of doing that. He talks about that. That's why the three generations, right? The first one, when we obey our parents, have your ears wide open. Open up because your parents are talking to you. And I know how it is. We only want to open our ears when, it, when it's like what's something we want. But obeying is not about what we want. It's about following an instruction. It's about following a direction. And we know this as child of God, by the way. All of us. When God speaks to us, we'd better have our ears open. Because it is important because God is talking to you. And Paul is the, exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about kids, younger kids and their families, obviously. But he's also talking to us as, as adults who should obey their parents. Not only their earthly parents, but their, their father in heaven. So open your eyes and open your ears very correctly. And here's the second thing. My dad used to tell me this every single time I walked out the house. Every time I walked out the door, Every single time was the letter B and he would tell me and he would point his little finger and it would be B. And I knew what that meant. Be polite. Be helpful. Be nice to the people you'll meet today. Be kind. Because we, Paul says, you may your kindness be known to all, right? B was all about being somebody and not just doing something because you have to. Because obedience just, um, I'm, I was told to do it and I just, I'm going to do it. It doesn't matter. The attitude when it comes after and you're being the obedience changes the way your heart is going to react when you hear something. So when your parents tell you to do something, you open up your ears and then you be it. Just don't do it. Be it. It's not only about go clean up her room. That's about being clean in your environment. Go do your homework. It's not about doing the homework. It's about being studious. So it's not about obedience. It's not about doing. It's about being something that God is asking us to be. And that applies to every single one of us. Age has got nothing to do with this. Obeying God is not about doing what he's asking us to do. It's being what he's asking us to do. It's being who he's asking us to be and becoming who we should be. And that is obedience. And that will bring glory on this earth. That's, that's a definite. Next one is like, so do I need to obey in everything? Yes, in everything. That's the letter E. In everything. I mean, it's not optional. Obey your parents in everything. Everything? When they tell me to do, yes. Of course. Of course. If God tells you something, are you going to do it? Of course. Well, maybe not right away. But I was told that delayed obedience is disobedience. I was told it's not something we say in French, but I think I was told that at one point. It just be every single time. Be obedient because the letter... You, why is very easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it yes, ma'am? Yes, sir. Or yes, daddy. Yes, mommy. Yes. It doesn't matter. 
obeying is us totally as children, totally doing what our parents are telling us to do. Now, parents, before you say, well, what if he disobeys? Well, let's, we'll go there. We'll go there because we know that attitudes are caught way more than they're taught, right? You can tell your kids to be calm, but if you're screaming all the time, they'll get the scream way more than the talk, right? They'll, if you tell them to go to do their homework all the time, and every time your wife has some honeydews for you and you don't move, guess what they're getting? I, no judgment, right? It's, this is not about judgment. Because our kids will learn what we do and unconsciously do way more than the things we say. Right? That's why the verse that comes right after is honor your mom and your dad. Because like Pastor Garner was saying last week, honor affirms value. So when you honor your mom and your dad, whatever age you may be, you're teaching something to your kids. Okay. Let's go just on a, on a limb a little bit, okay? Because I was reading this and I'm like, why is this verse in this place? I mean, why would Paul write this verse because he writes this nowhere else. It's in the Old Testament. It's been repeated a few times. But why would Paul say, children obey your parents? It's not like the kids were in church, right? Well, actually, there are two types of meaning in the church of Ephesus. And this could help us out on how we deal with our kids in church surrounding. So there are the bigger meetings like this. But there are also house meetings that existed. And this is why the letter to Ephesus is called, well, it's called a circular letter. Not that it was round. That's not what it was. That's not what it meant. All it meant is that people would get the letter and they would read it together in a, in a community group. And then they would pass it on to the next community group who would read it. And then they would pass it on to every single community. They had a few copies of the letter. So the kids were in the house when they read this. The Spirit of God was speaking to the church and the whole church and the kids were there. They weren't set separately or, or else why would he write children obey? They were there, present, moving, disturbing as you're trying to have a good conversation with the other adults in your room and trying to pray. And they were like, but you got to remember, they learn from what we do and the attitudes we have. That's why Paul is like, kids, just obey your parents. By the way, it doesn't say parents obey your kids. Well, you know, okay, I just want to have peace. I just, just do whatever you want. Parents obey your kids. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works. It is children obey your parents. And then it says, honor everyone though. Because the kids in the environment were there learning about the glory of relationships and who God has made us. And they heard this. And that's why he tells them, make sure you obey your parents. 
Honoring is about affirming the value. It's about addressing the children of all ages because the word that is is just your offspring. So we are all kids to somebody, just in case you didn't know, right? We all are. And because of it, we got to honor our parents. If you want your kids to honor you, honor your parents. I did not expect an amen on this one. That's okay. I, it's okay. Because it's not a fun one. I'm like, I was thinking, how, how did I show honor to my mom and my dad while my kids were still in my house? I had to think about this. And then I was like, oh, that's why I got to call my mom a few times. I'm like, sorry, mom. I'm, when I said I would call, I didn't call. I'm sorry, mom. Not judging anybody. I'm just talking about me on this one, right? And the times I said, yeah, 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 or mom, you know, sometimes in front of my kids. That's not very honoring, right? I'm like, okay. I wouldn't want my kids to do that to me when I'm not seeing, when I'm not hearing what they're talking about. So honoring is about affirming value to your parents. And I'm talking to parents a little bit for a second. Honor your parents in front of your kids. Because what you're doing to your parents, they'll do to you at one point. Because attitudes and actions are caught way more than they're taught. And what, you t- and what we tolerate as parents, our kids will just go one step further after. Always. So that's why Paul says, in the context of a home church, community group, kids are there, they're moving Guys, obey your parents. If your parents say, come on, sit down, relax. Okay, I'm opening my ears. I'll be calm, I'll be relaxed. And everything they ask me, and I'll say yes. Then it's going to say honor, though. Honor the people around you. And the funny part is the third part to me. It's really the funny part, okay? Um, And it says this. (laughs) Hey. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Man, this is just a... Have, have I got parents here that have lost patience in their life at least once? Or are you, are you kids and you know that your parents lost patience with you at least once? <laughs> don't, don't, don't raise your hands if you want to have a long life on earth. <laughs> just, just saying. Just saying, okay? It says, Father, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So there's four things I want I want us parents to understand today, okay? Because we can bring this in our home community groups. We can bring this when we come to church on Sunday, okay? The first, there's four things I want us to look, and then we'll be done. Don't provoke. To anger. Bring them up and discipline. When Paul writes this, the father had all the rights I mean, everything. This is what we call the, the patria potensa. The power of the rule of the father in his house. If he said jump, you would ask, how high am I supposed to jump? If he said, you go out, you're not going to eat for the next five days, that's how it was. Now we might think that's exaggerated today, and it is, obviously, but that was the rule of the time. 
So Paul writes to new Christians and Christians of all ages, and he says, that's not how it works. The patria potenza, the, the rule of all rules, that is always right. That's not how it works. Because fathers, you should not provoke your kids. Now you're going to say, well, I'm the dad. Don't I have the right? And he's in, isn't my, aren't my kids supposed to be obeying? Yes, they are. But don't give reasons. Don't give them reasons to disobey you. Ooh. Okay, let me repeat that one. Because it's hard as a parent. I had to be told that many, many times. And I was reminded of a few things I was working on this. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I get it. I get it. We should ask our kids to obey us, not as a method of you have to, but give them a reason to obey. And the reason to obey is not the, um, if you don't, wait till I get back from work. That's not necessarily a reason. My mom never, you know, discipline is just one thing. My mom never hit me. She never did. My stepdad never did either. But I remember as a younger kid when, when my mom would say, wait till dad gets home. My older sisters would be like. I was too young, so it didn't bother me because, you know. But in this way, don't provoke your kids. And it's funny because the, it says father. It's really about the fathers in this one. He's not talking about necessarily about the parents. But that was in their context because the, the father had all the rules, right? He had all the power. Paul is giving them a new way to raise kids within the church, within your community group, within the church. And he says, don't provoke, don't exasperate them. Don't irritate them. You know what I'm talking about, irritation, okay? Have you ever had new shoes and you had to break them? And you, you wear them and then you get this blister right here. Oh, <laughs> these shoes. I had to wear them a few times in the house with bigger socks, you know, just to get them ready. Because they're, they're, when I bought them, it's like, they're a little tight. And my, my two girls and my wife's like, no, they, they'll stretch. What? Shoes don't stretch. I thought. I still do believe so, but it doesn't matter. So I wore them, and, I, and, and then the first time I wore them, oh, my God. I was walking like this after 15 minutes. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's this little friction. It starts off, and you're like, oh. And then a little more friction. It's like, oh. Then a little more friction. It's like, oh, this hurts. And then a little more friction. And then you sense the skin moving a little bit. Am I making you a little uncomfortable right now? That is called irritation. Paul says, don't do that. Irritation. That's what Paul says, don't do it. So here's five ways, four ways that we actually provoke our kids. You ready for this? I don't know where your church has gone this morning. There's no preacher or teacher. Or, is it me? Is it a little bit right? Okay. 
I'm like, I don't know where it's gone. I love you guys. I still do. So here, four ways, parents. Four ways. We use power over persuasion. The power of the parenthood. I told you so. We irritate our kids when we say that all the time. Having said that, it is true that you have the right to. But if you persuade them in the goodness of the, what obedience will bring, it'll be a little better. And I know, hey, there's sometimes you just got to tell your kids, you go to bed, that's it, I'm done. Okay, yeah, go, go. Yeah, yeah, of course. But that's the exception to the rule. We irritate our kids when we only use and abuse power. Remember, what they learn as kids they will duplicate when they become teenagers. We got 936 weeks, parents, from the moment we hold them and they're taking their first breath. And you feel the weight of parenthood all of a sudden. And the love for a kid, it's like, I never knew love before this. 936 weeks before they turn 18. It goes by like an instant. You wake up and they get married. Well, not that quick, but you know. They'll walk within an instant. And then you can't wait for them to walk. And when they starts walking, they're like, oh, no, gosh. No, they're opening every door and whatever, right? And then it's like, make everything higher and then they grow up. Won't change anything. And then they go to school. Oh, it goes by fast. So what they get from us, Paul says, don't use your power over persuasion. Very different. Persuading a kid is doable. You've got just 936 weeks to do it. Because what we invest in our kids when they're young, within the context of the church, will be something beautiful as they grow up. We also irritate our kids when we push them down instead of pulling them up. Oh, you can't do this. Oh, let's give it a try. It's dangerous, and maybe it is dangerous, and there's some lessons we need to tell them. It's dangerous. Don't, don't go there. I remember my mom telling me, don't go by the river. The current is very strong, and I don't want you to fall in it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I love water. I'm, everybody that knows me a little bit, I love water. I'm a water guy. I could be Aquaman without the muscles. Uh, with the long hair. I got the long hair right here, but it just doesn't show right now. It's by faith I've got the long hair and the, and the eight-pack and the muscle. Um... No, 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 no. Um, so until I fell in the water and I was being pulled by the current, almost drowned, stupid little kid goes back home all wet. My mom's asked me what happened. I said, I, I fell in the pool of the neighbor, you know, the neighbor's pool, and she calls the neighbors, and um, it didn't work. Two weeks without friends. That's a long time for a guy like me. I'm like, what? What? It's two weeks? Two hours without friends was uh, painful, right? 
So sometimes we need to tell our kids, don't, of course. But how about pulling them up, encouraging them, like Paul says, to encourage and build up instead of pushing them down. Oh, you're just like your mom. You're just like your dad. You're just like your sister. You're just like pushing down. All of us have got these soundtracks that we play in our heads as adults. Yeah, I heard that all the time. I couldn't do it. Not good enough. How about we pull them up instead of pushing them down? It's just something that don't irritate your kids by doing that. At the same time, some parents say they all treat all my kids equally when I say you should treat them fairly. Okay, let me repeat that one. Treat your kids equally. Don't treat your kids equally. Treat them fairly. If you have a son that's 10 years old and the other one is six, why would you treat them the same? One is 10, one is six. You don't treat equally. You just don't. Okay, if, if I go eat a pizza at my 6'2 and 200 plus pounds, <laughs> see what I did there? Just plus. I know what plus means. I know what plus means. I asked my dad, I was a kid, as a kid, was like, and he told me it was at 200 and plus. I'm like, what, what does plus mean? And my, I remember my dad saying 20. For the longest of time, every time I heard plus, I had 20 in my head. We're the plus. I'm like, oh, 20. So anyways, 200 plus pounds. If you treat me equally as a kid who's six years old, we'll get the same number of two pieces of pizza. But if we treat each other fairly, I may get three, you might get one. Not because I'm more important. That's not it. Just my bigger body needs more food than the smaller one. Treating fairly might be that the older one will go to bed at 8 and the other one, younger one, might go to bed at 7.30. But once you get to that age, you'll be getting the same privilege. Treating fairly, your kids, is, well, walk faster. Look at the length of their legs. There are kids. And you're like, come on, walk faster. He's running behind you. Treating equally and treating fairly is not the same. You jumping two stairs at a time to get upstairs really quick. is like, come on, what are you waiting for? His legs are the size of a stair. <laughs> I know, right? We all know this. Treat, don't treat them equally. Treat them fairly. Very different. When, when our daughters grew, grew up, Chantal and I, there's a few things we did right. There's a few things we, we probably messed up, but we had great kids. We really had great kids. And they're, they'll might be watching this, so they paid me to say this. Um, <laughs> I think they made us better parents, to be honest, because they were obedient most of the time. When we went to the restaurant, we didn't have to keep them busy. We, we told them, sit down, you'll be good. You'll choose your food, we'll be good. And they, most of the time, they would sit down and listen. Uh, once out at the restaurant, though, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Treating them fairly as they grew up, when they got to age 15, they, they got their first big Christmas, uh, not Christmas, a birthday gift. Big, I mean, bigger, more expensive, something they really wanted. They've been asking for a year or two. But that was at age 15. 
So I remember when we gave Naomi, my oldest one, her gift, a little, I forget what it was. <laughs> Don't remember now. We gave, we gave the gift. My youngest one, Maud, who was 13 at the time, was like, well, I want one too. But treating them fairly, it was, well, when you get to 15, you'll get it. So Maud at age 14, she's like, you remember next year is my 15th birthday, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got her first camera. That's what she wanted. So she got her first camera in which she decided to go study in photography. And that's what she's been doing for, not as a pastime, but she has grown in it. Treating them fairly is that, well, if it's his birthday, he gets a gift. You don't. It's not your birthday. Well, I don't want to frustrate him. That's why I give, I give him both. No, it's his birthday, her birthday. Fairly. Right? But there's a, there's a third part that comes with it. Right? There's a third part. Because it says bring them up. So don't provoke them to anger. By the way, provoking your kids to anger is the same word. Provoking and get them in anger is the same exact word. So Paul is saying, if they get angry, that's because of you, because you provoke them. That's the same. They're, they're reflecting the feeling towards you. That's what he's actually saying. But then he says, bring them up. The word is about nurturing. It's about caring. It's about you put a plant somewhere, you water it. You give it some love. Not like the bush in the, in the just outside. It was this poor bush, man. It's, it's dying there, right? It's just like, oh gosh. It has had some love, but I think that ground's bad. Because we, we put it like a three in there, it's, they all die there. I and mean, maybe we should not put any there anymore. I, just, I don't know. But it's about nurturing. It's about making sure that it's got the good ground so it can grow. So Paul says, don't irritate them. They won't show it back at you. And then nurture them. So think about this in the context of your home groups also. Because you got kids, some, some groups have kids in there. It's like, oh, we can't pray. I mean, yeah, maybe, but treat him fairly. It's not the same as just an adult group that can go and talk a little longer about and pray a little longer you might have to pray a little shorter with the kids in there because you treat them fairly. Have them bring in, come and pray with us. But don't pray the prayer of 20 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Father in heaven, thou art great. I know none of you pray that way, but (laughs) we pray that the sun grows, whatever. The kids is going to be more like, oh, pray for the food. Oh, Jesus, thank you for this food. And we thank you because we eat it. Amen. And you got the smell coming. Just pray for it and just eat it. It's pre-blessed food anyways because the hands that prepared it are blessed, right? Kids, you should say amen to this one. I mean, come on. That's okay. But bring them up is like, you, maybe you've seen this. You put a stick by a tree so it grows straight. I don't know what you call that stick in English. Beside the stick. Uh, I mean, there, there's a word in French. It's called a witness. It's called a witness. No, do you, am I, are you asking me to shut up really? Oh, okay, okay, not in that sense, okay. I just want to make sure. You know, I don't want to offend anybody here. Oh, my mom would kill me right now. So we call that a witness. You put a stick so the tree grows straight. 
That's the word that Paul says when you bring them up. Be a witness by your life. Mom, dad, be a witness. You got 936 weeks to be a witness so that your kid says, I want to be that later. And not like when I was a kid and my dad left and I was like, I don't want to be like him. And God had to smack me behind the head slowly with love and passion and say, he is your father anyway, so you better honor him. And I had to make peace with my dad as I grew up. But give a reason for your kids to say, I, I, they're my witness. They're showing me how to grow up. They're showing me how to love people. They're showing me how to pray with people. They're showing me how to share a meal. They're showing me how to be with full of grace. They're showing me how to be compassionate. They're showing me how to be obedient. I should get an amen because I'm going to explode in a few seconds. We have a reason to give them to grow up and change this world. Because the last one, and I want to really, I don't want to skip this one. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction. Discipline is a loaded word. Depending on your background, discipline may mean a few things. It may mean from the big hand to the wooden spoon to I don't know what else. And I don't want to mention it. For us, it was go sit in the corner. Think about what you did and how you reacted. And you're ready. And when you understand, come back. That was our discipline. And for a kid that loves talking and loves pe people, going in the corner was so oh, painful. I wanted to think quickly. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I get it. I'm sure, okay. That's just how it was. So discipline is a loaded word. And we already said, don't use your power. That's how, how Paul says. Here's what he says. There's another time in the Bible that they were to use discipline in this context. And Paul uses it. Let me read the verse to you, okay? This is going to be funny. Well, funny, I'm not sure if you're going to laugh, but I'm just thinking it's going to be good. It says this. The word of God... Wow. The word of God is good for your instruction because all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach you. The word of God is useful to teach you because it's inspired by God. To teach you is the same one as discipline. God teaches us obedience. He reminds us and he repeats and he reminds and he repeats and we read and we get and it's like, okay, he transforms us slowly but surely. So Paul is saying, nurture them, be a witness, grow beside them, give, me, give them a reason to grow up and let them in the discipline that you're going to show them in the training and the education of what they got to get because you got 936 weeks. All of us, your kids, specifically your offspring, and the people that join in your, in your home group, they're also your kids. They're also your kids because you're part of that village, right? Don't know which village you were raised in, but you know, where you're, you're part of the village. We get to do this for our kids. We have the privilege 
to discipline and instruct them, not hit them, not unlove them, but to show them how they should grow up because you're the perfect example of it. Having said that, none of us will get this perfectly, okay? None of, none of us will get this perfectly. And that is okay. If the word of God is good, is good to instruct us, I think we can instruct our kids in the context of our own families, in our community groups. Here's what I want us to do. Um, my keyboard player will come on stage. I want us to take a, a short moment where I just believe the Holy Spirit will, will talk to us a little bit, specifically to parents. If you're not parenting yet, that's fine. Part of the, what you heard this morning will be this. Honor your mom and your dad. Ask God how you can honor your mom and your dad. Well, they haven't been perfect. Well, neither of you. It's okay. It's, it, doesn't, it doesn't mention if your parents have been good. <laughs> It says, just honor them. It says that. So if you don't have any kids, this message was also for you because you got some parents. And if you say, well, my parents have passed away and they're already with Jesus. Well, you have probably some spiritual parents also. Honor them. How can you honor your parents? So here's what I want to see. I just want us to close our eyes for a second. We have a few kids. How can you obey your parents a little more? By opening your ears, open your eyes, be who you should be. You never think, just say yes. All of us, we should honor our parents because we are showing an example, because we are witness into our raising our kids as a village, as a as parents to our offspring, but also as a village or as a community community group, we also get the chance to give our kids reasons to believe and live faithfully. So Holy Spirit, to the kids, I want you to speak to them so they listen to you. And maybe some kids will have to go up to their parents today and say, well, mom and dad, I'm sorry because I didn't always obey. And they will do that not because they have to, but because they're obedient they'll be listening to what Holy Spirit says to them. To all of us, Holy Spirit, remind us how we, we should honor our parents in different ways. Make the phone call that we said we would make. Bring them up in front of our kids. Add value because we affirm value. God, I pray that you speak to every single parent here. We're all part of this. Speak to us that we don't live out what Paul knew at the time, the power of the rule, but the persuasion of your spirit in us. parents need to hear this part. This was not planned. 
if you think you screwed up too bad with your kids, it's, it's okay. God can redeem that. Don't be so hard on yourself. We, we do all mess up at one point. I mean, it's okay. I just want you to, I just want the Holy Spirit to just come and bring healing on you, in you. If that's your, just raise your hand. I want people to pray around you just to lift you up. And no judgment, because we don't know how it's like, I feel like a parent, I'm, I'm not doing that great of a job, and that's okay. There's no judgment. This is a moment where I believe God will bring healing to you. This is the body healing within itself because the Holy Spirit is amongst us. God, I pray your spirit rests on us and may we be witness to your grace in our groups with our kids as we show them how to live for you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.